Welcome back, Grief Nation listeners. And today on It's the Miami Night Show Grief Talk, I have a very special guest. Let's welcome in Dr. Fred Moss. Dr. Fred Moss, how are you? I'm really fine. Thanks for having me. It's really great to be here, Miami. Just beautiful. Thank you. Oh, it's an honor to share your journey. Um, so could you, for my Grief Nation listeners, describe in your own words and tell us who is Dr. Fred Moss? Well, Dr. Fred Moss goes by a lot of names. And I was just talking today that my, uh, you know, my brand is still a little bit distilled. But I think, you know, for the purpose of your listeners, I think I'm the founder of Welcome to Humanity. And I'm also known affectionately as the undoctor. And so as the undoctor, what I do is I undiagnose people, unmedicate them, and then undoctrinate them so they don't actually ever need to go uh, back to a mental health professional again. See, I'm a recovering psychiatrist. I've been a psychiatrist for over 32 years, and uh, I've reached a point where uh, the regular conventional psychiatry doesn't support in any real way what I know to be the source of healing. The source of healing, and I think you probably know this too, is essentially human connection. And when we have conversations, when we have communication, when we uh, draw from creativity and create a human connection, that's the source of all healing of all conditions, actually. And without that connection, nothing heals. But with that connection, we actually can heal almost anything. And, And with that connection, we can speak our true voice and then listen to other people whether or not we agree with them, whether or not, uh, you know, we like them, and we can just be with whatever we're hearing, and then speak from our own true core self. And when that happens, that's when the magic of healing happens, not only in the world of mental health, but in all worlds. And, uh, you know, we're not going to get past any of the problems that are presently challenging our world, or challenging our life without having open and honest conversations And so, you know, one of the biggest threats in the world today is that our conversation is being constricted and we're not naturally speaking our true voice anymore. We have collectively made a decision or we've been frightened out of actually speaking our own true voice because we're afraid we're going to either cause hardship or be disregarded or be canceled or censored or hated or thrown off the island. So a lot of us are choosing to stay quiet and just watch the world go by, even though so many of us have such an urgent things to say in the present time. And uh, that's really uh, really what I'm about is bring, helping people bring their true voice forward. So we can have communication, so we have, can have connection. And so we can heal, you know, heal together. Uh, it isn't that, you know, healing is an end product. We head towards healing. You know, there's so many toxins and so many challenges and threats in our world. And the opportunity as a psychiatrist, if you will, was to step in and bring my knowledge, my wisdom, my experience, my education, my passion forward, and to help people heal from a mental perspective or really from a holistic perspective. And that's what I'm doing now. I am a healer. I have reached a point where when I contact people, when I'm in conversations with people, my primary interest is to be a, a source of communication and resonating connection so that healing can take place. Wow, you have such a great perspective on this. And you're known as this expert of delivering, like you said, your true voice into the world. So how did this gift manifest into your life? You know, and also speak to your brand. Um, Welcome to humanity. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I was born to be a healer. I was born to be a communicator. In fact, I had two brothers, uh, 10 and 14 years old when I was born and the home was in chaos and disarray. 
And my, uh, my job was to come out and be a bundle of joy. I mean, I was told that, you know, later that that's what the whole point was, was to bring fun and play and communication, connection and love to a family that was in some chaos. And, you know, as time went on, I really realized that I was in love with communication. I really loved the way the adults communicated and I wanted to learn how to be an ex expert communicator. I thought that would happen at school, but of course that didn't happen in kindergarten. In kindergarten, people just want to throw blocks and pick their nose and stuff. And I was already reading and doing a little bit of math, and I, but I wanted to learn how to communicate. Fast forward, you know, each time I graduated like elementary school or junior high or high school, I expected the next school to be the place where I would learn how to communicate, but it never happened, you know? And then I went to, when I went to college, um, I went to the University of Michigan uh, initially, and I thought, for sure, that'll be a place where they communicate. But uh, even there, that wasn't a place at all. Just kind of told to sit in our, in our chair and regurgitate what the professor said. And I didn't see that was communication. So I left school, I dropped out. I went to Berkeley, California on a bus. And uh, you know, my intention was to learn a little bit about myself, which I did, but I didn't have a job. So I came back home when my mom said, finish your degree and then you can go out and find yourself. So uh, I arrived back in Ann Arbor, and uh, there was a new field that was opening up called computer science. And there was only one computer in all of Michigan in that year. And uh, that was at the University of Michigan. It was like a two acre facility. And we did batch jobs with punch cards. And we just sat there all night hoping that our program would run. That didn't seem like a life for me either. So I dropped out again. Now this is where communication ends up being part of my life because I was hired as a childcare worker at a state mental health facility for children. Uh, adolescent boys specifically, and I was asked to communicate with these children, you know, these people who were just six or seven years younger than me. And finally, I could see that healing indeed was occurring as a function of my communication, but I really didn't like the way psychiatry was managing these kids because we would call them and they just would write orders and then we'd have to deliver injections full, syringes full of toxic psychiatric medicines into the hips of these poor kids. I found that to be so barbaric. And by the way, that's still going on in the present day for sure. In many, 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 many hospitals of the day today, this has already happened. And uh, I didn't like it, you know? And so I decided I would bring communication to psychiatry and I made it my business to go get my degree and get my medical school degree and get my residency and get a fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry. And that's what I've been doing these last 30 years. However, Prozac was initiated in that time and introduced. and that changed everything about psychiatry. So when Prozac was, uh, came, it was a big deal. And for the next 12 years, it was like the most commonly prescribed medicine in all fields in the whole world. And psychiatry became a biological field during that time. All of a sudden, I, who went into the field so I wouldn't have to medicate, had become a medication specialist. Now we're talking about me not speaking my true voice, you see. I was instead speaking a duplicitous life. I knew that I didn't like writing prescriptions, but I wrote over 100,000 of them in my career. I knew that that was against what I stood for, but I was not speaking my true voice. So in 2006, in what I now call my true voice moment, I started doing something different, which was taking people off of medicine. And once I took them off of medicine, they got way better, reliably. And then I took away their diagnosis and they no longer had to come back to psychiatry ever again. And it was pretty amazing to learn that. And so I you know, ended up uh, doing it with my low risk patients. Now for your clients or for your listeners who are out there, I wanna make it very clear that if you actually have a diagnosis and you're taking medication and you wouldn't want life to be any better than it is, like you have it going perfectly, then by all means, you should not change your path just because of what I say. 
I'm not speaking to you. It's really fabulous if you found something that worked. And I really mean that. You should keep doing any, anytime you find something that works, you should keep doing it. But this is for the hundreds of millions of people who don't have that going on, who are in the psychiatric field and are not happy with how they're being treated or do not feel like they're getting the very best care. And that opportunity really does exist to step away from your diagnosis, believe it or not. And under, again, under no conditions am I diminishing the power of the misery that can happen in everyday life. You can be very depressed, anxious, fearful, terrible. You know, you can feel horrible. I'm just saying that that doesn't represent a psychiatric illness. That only represents a response to the world around you. And that's okay to be a human. It's way okay to be a human. In fact, you have no other choice. And when we get that we are just humans, that's when we can get that part of what's important about being a human is finding that true voice and then delivering it into the world that is eagerly awaiting to receive it. Because again, without that, no one will ever even hear you. And if without your true voice, no one will ever know you. And a life lived without anyone ever knowing you seems like an entirely wasted life. And I'm really just a stand now for people to find their true voice and then deliver it effectively. Oh, I love that. I love that. Is there one thing to do um, immediately to assist ourselves when we are feeling out of balance of what, um, what, what could we do? Well, you know, feeling out of balance is also part of being human. So one thing to do is give yourself acceptance, forgiveness, you know, get compassion for being out of balance. It's quite okay. This is an imbalanced world. And if you start tumbling, there's something like, okay, this is, this is part of the normal human experience to tumble. There's nothing bad about it, even though it's highly uncomfortable. But if you are unbalanced and you want to get balanced, there's two things that I like to say. Number one, um, go of service, meaning go help anybody do anything. Help anybody do anything. Just get out of yourself and help anybody do anything. You do not have to like, you know, be a volunteer at the local nursing home. That is not a requirement. What I'm really saying is, Go help anybody do anything. It's amazing how that tends to be a very balancing act. Number two, go out in nature. Go take a walk. Go sit, go by the river. Go look at some trees. Go look at some flowers. Go to, you know, take your dog for a walk or just walk around and say hello to the neighbors. Go ahead and get some sun. Look at the clouds. Look at, you know, feel the fresh air. There is amazing balance in this universe. Amazing, 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 beyond amazing balance all day, every day in the face of this universe. Tapping into that will really assist you. Staying at home behind fluorescent lights, staring at screens, isn't necessarily going to be a very good balancing act. And number three, if you really want to balance and be with somebody else, I would ask you to go listen to them. Meaning, do not be so sure that you have something to say. It's possible that that person over there just wants to be heard. And so if you bring curiosity and wonder and, you know, just... Uh, 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 you know, just a, a, an authentic listening to somebody, you might really make their day. And in the meantime, you might find yourself finding a new level of balance. Oh, I just love those three um, points that you made. I think it's so interesting that you went from, you know, finding something that we should do then to go out in the nature and then still also um, listening. All of these skills, very simple to do. Very um, simple but great things so that we can continuously evolve in our own and in, in help ourselves with our own mental health. Exactly. Um, you've referenced a lot in other interviews about not declaring there's something wrong with us, but is it safe to say instead or ask what has happened to us through um, universal human experiences like the realities of mental, emotional, and spiritual or physical suffering? 
or physical, what is the last word? Physical suffering. Suffering, yeah. Yeah, suffering is automatic. You know, you, uh, you know, Buddha sat under that tree for a long while and he came out to say that there's only one thing left. And, you know, he was able to clean himself of almost everything except for this suffering thing. And he just walked away going, look, I, that's, that's, uh, that's just going to be here, folks. Uh, you're going to have suffering. And, there's, you know, he came up with different, maybe different ways to mitigate that suffering. But yeah, you know, how did I get to be this way? What are my core wounds? What is it that I'm addressing on any given moment? How and why, for instance, do I do what I do or do I care about what I care about? Uh, you know, there's usually some significant traumas in this lifetime or for those of you who believe it in previous carnations where um, you, you know, you have received some big blows and they have affected the way you look at the world. And you now have developed habits, which you may call your personality as to how to deal with things which remind you of that particular trauma. Now, in fact, you know, trauma and misery are are very much part of this life of ours. And we're looking at trauma and misery at a very high level these days. I don't know that it's actually higher, but it's being publicized as being higher and we're seeing it all over the world. So when someone else is suffering, you might feel the suffering of another soul. You know, if you turn on the internet and you see someone suffering over there due to something, even if you don't, uh, if you're not aligned with that person, you still have to absorb that suffering and become, you know, it becomes a, a toxic ingestion. The truth is, you know, suffering and trauma are very much part of the world. And the best way to manage that is to be really accepting, forgiving, and compassionate to yourself for responding however you do. And to be accepting, a little bit harder now, be accepting, forgiving, and compassionate to others for being exactly who they are in the face of their particular core level traumas. Mm putting it back on yourself as well as when you're doing it to someone else. I like Exactly. <laughs> so what is the number one threat to humanity's um, collective health and how can we combat it effectively now? So, you know, the number one threat to humanity's collective health <clears throat> is that not what you think. Yeah. It's not a virus. It's, it's not, uh, it's not global warming. It's not uh, racism. It's not sex trafficking. It's not even war. The number one threat to humanity is that we, are collect we have collectively given up our true voice. We have collectively somehow find ourselves, you know, submitting to and then choosing or being contracted in speaking our true self. Why do I think that's the biggest threat to humanity? Because as I said before, the only way we're going to deal with any of these bigger threats the only way we're going to deal with any of our personal concerns about misery or uh, any kind of trauma that we might experience is to bring our very true self forward and deal with it. It's like having a fire, even if it's a small fire, if there's no extinguisher anywhere, that fire is going to burn the place down. And uh, this is the same kind of thing. The extinguisher that we have to put out any of the challenges that we're facing as a community or as a society comes from speaking up our true voice. So the greatest threat to the world as we know it isn't what you think, it's actually our collective capacity to no longer speak our truest core self. Hmm, I love that, I love that. Now, can you share with my listeners the alternatives that are even more effective than um, conventional mental health treatment? So, you know, there's a lot of ways to deal with, uh, uh, with feeling um, unhappy or imbalanced or uh, whatever, unpleasant or uncomfortable or challenged. And, uh, you know, there are, I wrote a book once called The Creative Eight, and The Creative Eight really looks at uh, eight different ways 
that you can be self-expressed. Um, uh, that would be uh, 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 art, music, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing, gardening, and all that. And you know, there's more as well, photography and cleaning as well as being of service. So that's one way to do this. Another way is to really take advantage of mindfulness, uh, to really take advantage of uh, proper nutrition and of being you know, really pleasant and kind to yourself and others, and really just giving yourself the forgiveness and acceptance to have really uncomfortable experiences in this lifetime. Yeah, I love that too, because um, in my uh, memoir, uh, the key process of grief got to master and spiritual healing. That's kind of what I came out with these seven keys after having my um, life altering experience. And it was with the, of course, meditation first for me, and then plant-based dieting, the same things you're mentioning and the mindfulness and exercise and Reiki and energy healing and um, ancestral healing was also a part of it. And all of those things, those key things for me kind of helped me to find my uh, purpose of doing what I'm doing now. So exactly what you're saying and all of these you, that came out of the creative eight. Can you share with my listeners, um, what was the mastermind behind the creative eight? How did you get there? Yeah, it's just when I started taking people off of, um, uh, off of medicines, I, I really uh, need, you know, people are like, what are you going to, what are you going to, you know, replace it with? What are you going to do that's different? How are you going to affect people? And it just became very obviously clear that when we're creating something, when we're expressing ourselves in other ways, most mental illness is a function of us not expressing ourselves freely and cleanly. And in this case, I really got that expressing ourselves freely and cleanly through, uh, self, through other forms of self-expression, like art, music, dancing, singing, drama, et cetera, uh, we were able to alleviate so many of the symptoms immediately. Uh, you know, while you're in the act of actually doing art, of actually performing art, you can really uh, reduce or eliminate any of the negative experiences that you think may represent a mental illness. Okay. And just before I let you, I have two more things I want to ask really sure. quickly. Can you leave us with um, the undoing of mental illness um, for once and for all? Yeah, I think the undoing of mental illness, what we see is that mental illness is not a really a, a well-defined entity. You know, what might look like mental illness in this country or in this part of the country doesn't look like mental illness in a different part of the country. You know, a broken arm is a broken arm, whether you're in Tibet or Johannesburg or Austria or Arkansas. But mental health, mental illness is not the same like that. You can be thinking and behaving in certain ways that are really, you know, thought of as being um, royalty or even, you know, gifted in some arenas and in other parts of the area that can be, uh, that can be uh, considered very mentally ill. So the reason, the way we can get rid of mental illness altogether is just redefine it. Understand that there is no definition of normalcy and without a definition of normalcy, without a firm definition of normalcy, we have no business calling anyone abnormal. And so then the possibility of really getting that mental illness is simply a made up construct means that it's immediately available for an ongoing transformation so that we can get that each and every one of us are really whole as we are and can be heard for everything we have to say so that each and every person knows that they can be heard and that who they are and what they do matters. I let you go because for we're ever evolving as beings um share with us one thing that you've learned recently about you dr fred just about being a human i'm not you know i don't know anything that's the thing you know people say that when you get wise you learn that you don't know anything and i think i really get to the point now where i don't know anything and the the idea here at this point in time is to really be um 
you know, kind and gentle and forgiving and intentional. And uh, that's what I have. Yeah. And how can my listeners find you or where can they um, see any of your information? at? Um, the uh, listeners can find me at my uh, email, which is drfred at welcometohumanity.net. That's drfred at welcometohumanity.net. Um, you can also uh, order a copy of my book, which is you, uh, Find Your True Voice. And that's at findyourtrueboysbook.com. And I'll send you a copy of the actual book. Um, or you can, you know, just look me up on my website or anywhere on Facebook or LinkedIn. And I'd be glad to have a conversation, you know, a discovery call if anyone wants to learn how to really dig into that true voice and deliver it effectively into the world that's really eagerly awaiting for it. Okay, I truly appreciate your time. I know that you're a busy man. And if there's anything else that you could tell us about what's going on in the mental wellness community that we did not cover, is there something that you would like to see change or bring further awareness to? Well, I think that's what, what's going on is that people, you know, now that mental illness isn't the front edge only topic in the world anymore, the, there are people coming out of the woodwork, the people who really have something to say about how mental health and mental wellness can be treated effectively who no longer are afraid to sort of buck the system because there are other systems that have uh, now trumped the mental health system. So people are no longer feeling like they're going to be earmarked if they take on mental illness. And for some people, it may seem like it's too late, but I think this is a good time to really get that we are all well, and it's gonna take each of us to step up into our true voice and work together to carry out any of the, you know, any of the possible challenges, any of the possible solutions to the challenges that are in confronting us. Once again, thank you so much, Dr. Fred Moss, for being on the It's the Miami Night Show Grief Talk. We really, truly appreciate your time and all of your knowledge that you have given to us today. It's been a deep pleasure. Thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Grief Nation listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to um, today's segment and welcoming Dr. Fred Moss. Dr. Fred has left us with some amazing gifts, so I'm going to just rattle those off today to you. Um, he's leaving us with a 30-minute consultation, um, totally free at a $200 value, but you can book a free discovery call with him to learn more about his branding and the methods that he talked about today. He also will like to, for you to download, if you would love, one of his copies of his book, The Creative Eight, Healing Through creativity and self-expression i'll link that downloadable pdf link there for you you can also join his facebook page um true voice community on facebook and he leaves us with a great uh, an amazing talk that he did global madness what must happen to unite and welcome to humanity with dr fred so i'm going to leave all of those in our bio and in, in our caption today for you to be able to access and thank you so much grief nation listeners bye-bye well, there you have it, Grief Nation listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another transformative segment on It's the Miami Night Show Grief Talk. Today, we give thanks filled with love and gratitude to our special guests for expressing your very unique grief journey and sharing ways of understanding the healing process. This is your girl, Miami Night, with much love and light until we connect again spiritually. Bye-bye. It's the Miami Night Show. Hey, yeah. Small boat. He's got me walking that grief walk. Going slow mo. He's got me talking that grief talk. Going slow mo. He's got me clocking the way. What up, tribe? It's Miami Night Show, Master hey, Coach. Yeah. Welcome to the Miami Night Show. He got me walking that grief walk. It's time for grief talk, y'all. I talk about things you think about. It's Miami Night Show, Master Grief Coach. Master grief coach.